on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelicans refuse to die. The season continues along, even at its murkiest points. The Saints have a draft. We don't know anything about their players, so we're going to give you tons of detail about them. We've got overrated, underrated, and the worst. We've got LeBron James eating eggplants. we got Disney World. we got fans. Everything that you can think of right here, coming up right now. Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush! It's Thursday, May 6, 2021. I hope everyone had a wonderful Cinco de Mayo, one of our most culturally appropriated holidays uh, and one that is just a wonderful excuse to drink, you know, cervezas. I saw people saying that we're going to move Cinco de Mayo to today. Because of the rainy weather. <laughs> like, guess what, the- guys? You can drink Mexican uh, shit any day you yeah. want. Juan's Flying Burrito open every day of the week. <laughs> but I do get it. People need a holiday right now more than ever. And the holiday I wanted to go to was Manny Fresh at <laughs> Fat City Park. Wow. Whatever it's called. Yeah. Big, Big Fat Park. It's some <laughs> park. Never, and, I have no idea what you're talking of about. Of course, you, there, it's fine. I don't either. But for $30, <laughs> for $30 tonight, uh, all you can eat tacos, Manny Fresh. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. We, should we go there after this? Let's. We'll see about it. I can't think of two more different places to be in one day than I started the morning in Disney World and ended at the Manny Fresh Taco Fiesta. Man, <laughs> that would be that would be a whole different, uh, a, a really uh, disorienting twenty-four hours. That would be confusing for your kids because there's going to be like Disney characters and stuff at the Manny Fresh <laughs> thing. They're just going to be doing the worm. Like, why is Oscar the Grouch smoking a blunt? I don't understand. <laughs> the Mickey here dances better than the Mickey in Orlando. It's weird because he only has one eye. So you were in Disney World. I was. I was. I went to auditioning for one of the dwarfs. That was what I was going for. I have been playing the role of Grumpy for the last 20 years. So I was uh, able to... to try out for that there actually is a grumpy who walks around i was like what a horrible character i was like just terrifying children like this giant frown i was like what <laughs> who wants this <laughs> like that's not one of the real people like how bell is actually no lady. no it's like a big costume oh, but, you man. know it was dude it was the high on tuesday was 97 Ooh, in wow. orlando and you couldn't Tell one of these people not to go. <laughs> They're like begging. Disney World's like, all right, a ticket, $130. A beer, $10. And uh, it's 97 degrees, and you have to wear a mask all day, or we're going to yell at you like you're like we're kindergarten teachers. And everyone's like, all right, great. So I'm here. I'm, I'm standing in the line. I'm ready. I'll stand here for 45 minutes waiting to get on a bus. 
It's a, it's incredible what these people can get away with. And Disney's all like concrete playground, right? It's like oh, that light colored concrete yeah, that just blinds on, you and makes you immediately. Shit, man. Yeah. It's not like it's Phoenix either. Like it is yeah. Central Florida. It's hot as hell. Uh, so congratulations to Disney who has managed to pull this off in such an amazing fashion that people will just go there under any circumstances to see things that either make them nostalgic, make their kids happy, or they're people just without ideas of how to do things that are fun. Now, did you talk to anybody at Disney about the bubble? No, I didn't. Talk, <laughs> yeah, but I, my, I guess my uh, sister-in-law works there, so she talked about it a little bit, but it was like I was walking around there and I was like, God, I was like, like the Lakers were here for like 95 days last year. <laughs> I was like, how did they do this? I don't even understand. Like, it's, it's after four days, I was ready to just jump off the top of the building. Like, it was just, it's so much, like, the um, everything about it just feels so kind of contrived or whatever. And it is wonderful in its own right when you have small children there. Yeah. If I was just there for work for three and a half months, I think I'd be pretty goddamn miserable. Yeah, the only thing that it showed them doing was they went fishing once. Yeah. And then for three months, they were playing Call of Duty and yeah. trying to sneak women in. And golf. Yeah. I guess, you know, it, it doesn't sound too bad a year ago. Now no. expectations are higher. These yes. guys got to have people in the stands. For sure. They've got to have Zion in the playoffs. This yeah. This is what the NBA is gunning for. They're rigging. All the games to go the Pels way. There's now going to be an 11th and a 12th seed in the playoffs for the Pelicans. Yeah, it, it feels like, you know, what is it? Uh, nuclear holocaust. Uh-huh. They're cockroaches, Twinkies, the New Orleans Pelicans playoff chances. I think. Are the things that will not go away. This is out of control how long they have managed to stay in this race despite how after every loss we're like well that's it well that's it like five games ago they lost to the spurs like that's the end they cannot possibly be back in it and then now if things go the right way they're a game and a half out of the playoffs the last time we said that the pelicans could be in it it was 55 degrees at disney world and that was two (laughs) weeks ago uh, since our last episode, just a mere eight days, the Pelicans are three and two with a very good chance of having been four and one other than yeah. a bad call at the end of the Denver game. Yeah. Uh, the Pelicans, I suppose, are doing better than expected in those five games. A winning record is a winning record. Sure. And awful close against Denver on the road. You know, like that was a, a game that came down to you know, Zion getting fouled that they didn't call. So think about that one, you know. And it's also hard to say that a game against Golden State was a blowout when you're playing against a team that can score 13 points in a minute. Yes. Every game could potentially be a blowout. That game, I think, was a little closer than the scoreboard led on. Uh, Particularly, they were uh, effed in the A by FC, um, who was just <laughs> raining fury down everybody. And a lot of that, in part, in the first game was because of uh, Eric Bledsoe not being able to keep up with him. Yeah. And uh, Stan Van Gundy was doubling Steph Curry in the first half. I want to say more the first quarter than the yeah. first half. And then that just slowed off maybe because they have a small rotation and guys are getting tired mm-hmm. or players are just getting lazy and not finding their spot. That or Steph is just... 
too good. Yeah, and I think there is part of that, right? It's like when Steph Curry is doing Steph Curry stuff, there's just no one who's going to stop him. And I think he's proven that kind of across the league this year. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, the Pelicans had ample chances in that game to be like, okay, let's pull it back. Like, the effort just felt putrid uh, from the from the jump. And I think that's what Stan Van Gundy said. Like, the first six minutes were, like, embarrassing. And it's kind of a microcosm of the season, right? It, it, every time uh, that they feel... It feels like the Pelicans have a chance to kind of springboard themselves into the playoff race and into real contention and kind of prove that they are something that you don't think they're going to be. Uh, they fall flat on their face right. to it's do a, it every it, time. And then know, when you start doubting them... That's when they like when you completely write them off. That's when they come back and play. It's a it's a mirror of my own life. When people think I'm done for (laughs) and that I can't just fall any lower, I come back and it's because of the criticism. I think I want to prove the haters wrong. And then I get in a comfortable groove and I get lazy again and I wind up being a loser. (laughs) Absolutely. That is part of the problem, right? (laughs) That is the issue. That's how you become a loser, man. That's the (laughs) complacency. Complacency is the, um, there, there have been some good, some good signs over the last couple of games. Lonzo has been wildly inconsistent. Surprise. But you know, as you carved as you chiseled into stone six months ago, yeah. as Lonzo goes, the Pelicans go. Yeah. And that has been um, just matter of fact the last five games. It does feel like he is all over the place to the point that you're going, I don't know how you can give this guy a big contract and make him part of your future when you see what happens in a game like Monday. But then, right, so he falls apart monday night like that is as bad as anyone can play and bledsoe was also horrific that night one of nine from three for lonzo three for 18 from the field yeah oh oh just lonzo three for 18 from the field is outrageous how do you take 18 shots when you're that cold that's one of those stats where if you're at a bar talking shit you go i could do better than that yeah and that's one of the stats where i think Maybe you could. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like if I could just throw them up, you know? Like, if you gave me 18 chances, maybe one might, you know, get some... Like, who am I kidding? No, zero of them would get enough But if I was in Lonzo's body. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Not in there, my There we go. Not in my body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd be on the ground, passed out. I'd be so tired. Uh, one trip up the floor. No, the... Lonzo is this roller coaster ride that I think the Pelicans just kind of have to get off. Uh, he, he does allow them to hit a level when he's playing right, which he was great uh, the second game against Golden State. You know, Tuesday night, he was, uh, he was really solid, almost spectacular down the stretch, uh, and carried them. You know, they were down, what, five, six points in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. able to come back. It does show he does raise the level of what's possible, but it's just nowhere near what you need it to be on a night-to-night basis. And it's why, in a large part, you're sitting where you are in 11th place, hoping that the Spurs keep losing so that you have an opportunity to surpass them with, what, seven games left in the season? It's just not a position this team should be in. They have proven so many times that they are capable of so much more, and Lonzo is a big part of that. Like, but Lonzo's not Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe just sucks. Like, that guy's flat-out garbage, right. and he's killing them, and I don't understand why he's still playing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Lonzo is not that. But at the same time, he is definitely part of what makes this team troubling in a large scale. Well, I thought it was interesting uh, during the uh, Lonzo was a player of the game in the most recent Warriors game. 
And Jin Hale was interviewing after the game and asking him, like, hey, what was the difference tonight? And he didn't really have anything significant to say. Yeah. It's just that same old shit of, well, you know, we, you know, we went out there and we wanted it. Yeah, and it's so stupid. It, it's just kind of like maybe this is why you are a roller coaster of a player, which is making this a roller coaster of a team. Yeah, because you don't really know what you want. You go out there, and if you hit the first shot, that is the trajectory for the entire <laughs> night. Yeah, that's not the kind of player you give twenty million dollars to. It's like a bad golfer. Yeah. You're like, all right, I hit, I played, I, I just hit a really good shot. I have no idea what it did differently <laughs> than the one that went 50 yards the wrong direction, but it, it felt better that I did it this way. Like, if someone asked me, oh, what'd you do on that shot? Be like, I have no idea. I did the exact same thing. This one hit the club right, the other one didn't. He's shooting the ball and going like, oh, like, one right. of them feels good and one of them doesn't. Like, the idea that, like, his mechanics are going to change. The one thing I did like to hear from Lonzo, which I do think is important, is that Zion came out after the game last night and said, look, Lonzo texted me after Monday night's game mm-hmm. and said, like, that was my fault. Like, that's as bad as I can play. Uh, I, I hurt the team. I hurt you. And we're not going to let that happen again. And then he didn't. And he came and he played a huge game. And I think the fact that he's, one, reaching out to Zion on his own uh, on an independent level like that speaks a lot to Lonzo's character mm-hmm. and his importance of the team team. Uh, and then second, it's that he backed it up. He said, I'm going to play better. And he did. So I think the, all of that you take into account, this Blonzo ball question is going to be the biggest question of the offseason. And what you saw those two games against Golden State is exactly why this decision is absolutely goddamn maddening. And the next seven games are going to have to be absolutely flawless yeah. for it not to really be in the red column for Lonzo. Yeah. Going into this supposedly huge mythical contract. Unless this team has a spark and some crazy success. If, if they don't get a foot in the playoffs, Lonzo's not on the team next season. It seemed, And doesn't that seem crazy that, like, earning the 10th seed is what's going to, like, decide what you're going to do with basically a 60 to $80 million contract, But you, right? you agree with that, though? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's a reasonable take. Like, yeah. I do think that there will be a lot of recency bias of how they finish the season. And, like... You can't keep the core of a team that didn't make the postseason, but you can keep the core of a team that did make the postseason, even though it's 10th place. <laughs> and even though they're like completely infuriating and don't play defense and like all like there's just so many things that are wrong with this team. The idea of keeping them together seems so stupid. But, you know, that in the mind of the guys who are making the decision, it's like, well, they did make the playoffs. <laughs> It's and they are young, so they will be getting better as they get older, correct? And it's like, ah, like... To talk about recency bias with a team that has had Eric Bledsoe be a consistent starter oh, God. is insane. But, it's horrible, but man. It, but it's absolutely correct. And uh, I do agree with, yeah, it's a young team. Yeah. If Lonzo <laughs> can be an immaculate player for the next seven games and get to the playoffs... It's a little breathing room for him. Sure. I don't know how Pell's sure. Nation feels, but uh, maybe Lonzo is better than a shot in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get, that's the question, right? It's like, what, well, what's, the, what's the alternative? Yeah, what's behind the mystery door? And the Pelicans do have the, uh, I guess, the really nice uh, luxury of like, look, Lonzo. I, I don't even think they have to pussyfoot around it, which is go when the offseason starts to go, look, you want whatever you want, go get an offer. 
from another team will match it. And that's it. I don't think they even bother to come up with an offer that is, is remotely like uh, attractive to Ball. I think they just tell him that they are, he's a restricted free agent. Go get an offer from someone else. If it's, if it's what we want, we'll match it. And I think that question is going to be what determines kind of everything because it's going to be a true market value of what you can get back for Alonzo. The worst thing that the Pelicans can do is go throw 60, 70, whatever million dollars at Alonzo and he signs before he ever generates another offer from anyone else. Yeah. That's the worst thing that he can, they can do is sign him at like 12.01, you know? Which, which I don't put past them because it's yeah. like... I think also Alonzo probably has the benefit going out there and trying to get a better contract with somebody else because people don't pay attention to the Pelicans. <laughs> and if you go on Twitter, the Bulls want Lonzo. Lonzo I know. Have you seen a game? I Do you know. know what's happening? The Bulls are fucking obsessed with Lonzo. They yeah. want him. You know, a lot of Knicks fans are too. Yeah, Knicks are good. I, I don't want the Pelicans to become the new Lakers and we trade away a player for peanuts and then two years later yeah. they're an all-star. Sure. You know, there's yeah. been some of it. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely no. <laughs> Julius Blakers, Randall, of course. And, and uh, frickin' Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Uh, now, they got LeBron James, so it's sli- and Anthony Davis, a slightly different deal. I don't think the Pelicans will get anywhere near that in return for anything. Uh, the, the biggest issue is, like, if Lonzo had a different role. I guess that's the biggest, the Lonzo stands, you know. Uh, you know, Lonzo, the QAnon Lonzo <laughs> is, uh, that's out there, is uh, the Zoanon board, their thought is that he doesn't have the ball in his hands enough because of the point Zion thing. And the fact that he is kind of relegated, I guess you could say, to a 3 and D role where he's having to shoot a lot, uh, catch and shoot, and he's kind of, you know, putting this like score role instead of a distributing role. It does limit his potential and that maybe there's another team out there that would see that for what it is and go out and give him a whole bunch of money thinking that he can be like a true point guard. I have never seen that from him. The idea that he can go out and be a true point guard on a really good team and be that and be that guy. So I don't think he's going to generate that much money. I just don't see where it's coming from. Well, also uh, in that theory. Point Zion has not been the case this entire season. It's been a case half the season. Yeah, it's true. It has not been Point Zion since day one. So yeah. Lonzo has had half a fucking season to shine and last in year. the role that they expect him to be in. So yeah. that's kind of nonsense. I think it's all nonsense personally. But, you know, as, as we've said many times, he is the biggest decision. And he kept them alive. I mean, let's call it what it is. Like, they lose that game against Golden State. I think that's finally the time you could be like, it's fucking over. Instead, <laughs> of course they win. They started uh, Wednesday, a game and a half back, or two games back at San Antonio. If that goes the way uh, that it could for New Orleans, it'd be a game and a half by the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, that is insane. I mean, there's how did they gain spots after playing so badly and losing so many huge games? The Denver loss, the Spurs loss, the Golden State loss, all of them were supposed to be backbreaking. And instead, you're in a position where you're in just as good a shape as you were entering that Spurs game where it felt like, all right, this is the time to rise. You're right in position to make a move. And they're right there anyway. Well, we are leaving out one huge key factor here. 
Brandon Ingram is out on Friday against Philadelphia. Yeah. And is out day-to-day beyond that. He has a low left ankle sprain. Yeah. That's better than a high ankle sprain. Yes. I suppose. Yes. The high ankle sprain is the one that, like, you know, like, he's been out for four months with a high yeah. ankle sprain. Then after the season, it's like, oh, I never felt right. He's got the sprain. low one. He has the better version of it. Yeah. Which is just a twisted ankle, right? I, th- I think so. Yeah. I feel like I get those every day. Yeah. I mean, I wake up and, you know, walking to go hunched over, walking to go pee, and I trip on a Lego, you know? Yeah, check in the mail, and you slip on a Sesame Street Frisbee. You're like, oh, I've got a low left ankle sprain. Your wife's like, shut up. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Tape it up, loser. Uh, But he left the game, and they played great. Yeah. That fourth quarter, he wasn't there, and they seemed to be fine. Uh, He has been, in my opinion, he's been pretty average this year uh you know good scoring numbers things like that but his defense is horrendous his body language sucks a lot uh i don't know how much this really hurts them except from from like a firepower perspective but it seems like they got guys to overcome that a lot of the time yeah you know i that's what lonza was doing in the fourth quarter of that game yeah uh now when you say body language you just mean he just doesn't seem like he gives a fuck out there yeah he seems pretty unhappy he seems tired he seems unhappy yeah i didn't get that vibe from him last year uh now he also well that's great. because last year he didn't have zion in the in the, you the know, main part. star seat and yeah. now this season's all zion all the time yeah you know. and, and he's his yeah so his role is diminished his play is kind of i wouldn't say regressed but at least stalled you know uh and and his defense just is abysmal it's non-existent it's defense. bad yeah which, uh, if he was on, if if his teammates were playing the right way, his non-existent defense wouldn't be that much of an issue. Probably not. <laughs> no, but and having he, Zion, maybe that, yeah. maybe that happened a little bit last season. Yeah. But this season, different story. So yeah. you know, growing pains. Yeah, and I'm sure you know he's looking at that check and going, ah, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like I already got the money. Crap. And it's like I got Stan Van Gundy yelling at me all day long yeah. about you know these uh. Three-hour film sessions with Stan Van Gundy is what great fun this is, you know. Uh, but they are just watching, like, you know, Malcolm X and <laughs> Black Panther, <laughs> Color Purple. Stan's got his dashiki on. I hope Stan is teaching the team black history and the team's just like, dude, we know. We know. <laughs> oh, he wrote something with Demario Davis the other day. I was like, I'm not reading. I was like, I don't, what? What do you know? I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is it was so ridiculous. I was like, I'm sure Demario Davis is coming from a good place and is using a big platform. I was like, you are such a pandering douche with this oh, stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's like I don't. Yeah, Demario is a great dude. He's very smart. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Stan, it's just kind of like uh, Stan, your lane, bro. Yeah, I, 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 there's it, there's being like an ally and a good mentor and a coach, yeah. and then there's also just kind of like. All right, dude. Are you are you preaching to the choir? Yeah, it do, it does feel like it kind of hits flat sometimes. And maybe if they were better, it wouldn't. Because like I don't feel that way about when Steve Kerr talks, and I don't feel that way about when Popovich talks. Yeah. Like they are very passionate about their political. Well, they're stuff. winners. Yeah, and again, that's the difference, right? Is <laughs> like they win a bunch of games. And you're like, wow, that's what a bold decision to make that. And Stan says, and you're like, oh come on, man, just shut up. Like no one needs to hear this from you. Uh, but I mean, I'm confident there's a lot of people around San Antonio who are uh, not so pleased when Greg Popovich starts ranting and raving about you know all of his far left stuff. And and I think he's actually pretty eloquent at expressing it. But I do think that 
is the kind of thing that gets you in trouble. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, Stan is not like Stan. If you fall, if you seek Stan out, you're going to get that stuff. Yes. But if you're just a casual basketball fan, it's probably not yeah. going to come into your peripheral. He's not in that realm yeah. of like where, you know, like people don't know what Stan. Like, no. I have no idea what the coach of the Grizzlies thinks about you know right. politics. I don't I have know no Chris Finch. Coach of the Grizzlies. If you gave me a minute, I would remember it. But uh, yeah, Chris Finch in Minnesota. Do you think that he's giving a lot of political takes? Like, no. It's and uh, I mean, we had Alvin Gentry for how many years? How many times did he talk about politics? It's almost never, you yeah. know. So it's not necessary. But anyway, just that was a, a sidetrack to say that. This whole season is very fucking weird. Everything has been strange about it. If they go get in the 10 seed, it really wouldn't shock me anymore. I would look like an idiot because I've written them <laughs> off so many times. But it wouldn't shock me. Like, they've done so many. This season has been so goofy. And they've done. They've succeeded where you thought they'd fail. And they fail you thought it succeeded. Like, everything is kind of up is down. Black is white. It's a very strange uh, year. And it's I, I'm intrigued at least by the last seven games so thank god we have something to watch yeah as they go down the stretch here. with a little hope tied on to the end of it so wing. we'll write it out and say absolutely a wing and a prayer and who knows what else uh so that'll take us through our pelican segment we'll be right back we've got some saints news we got pulp news we got overrated we got underrated we got everything you can think of right here on pulp and kush That's J-A-N-S-E-N. That's Jansen. The, the realtor to the stars. And you, who is not a star, but also wants to live in a home. That song is copywritten, everybody. <laughs> Don't try and play it on your podcast. Don't sing it in the shout. It's happy birthday. If you try and sing that at a restaurant, we'll sue, Jansen will sue you. Uh, Chance Patagna, he works at French Quarter Realty. He is French Quarter Realty, yeah, let's, be, let's honest. be honest. J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R dot com. He is on Instagram, slinging dim houses. Yeah. He is uh, a war hero <laughs> for selling homes. Yes. Uh, I, go to, I go to his Instagram, J underscore Patagna, and it's always beautiful homes. He's had some recently in like Broadmoor and Gentilly. Mm -hmm. All the up and coming neighborhoods in New Orleans. All these places are beautiful. They are wildly out of my price range. <laughs> but they are wildly within the price range of anyone with a job. <laughs> any, 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 any gainfully employed adult. Yeah. Now, when we, have, when we talk about Jansen on here, we always say stuff that makes him sound a little crazy. We're yeah. always like, he's... Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the Borat voice. He's uh, easy to work. These are all things you know. Yeah. Jansen is a he's a sweet potato of a man. <laughs> he's got a. He's just going to make the home buying process easy on you because the home buying process sucks. Yes. It's not fun. You have to fill stuff out. You have to go. You know. Oh, what is that pipe and the oh, the crown molding? Yeah. Just go get a house. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> exactly. And honestly, right now, based on everybody I've talked to, uh, the market is insanely hot. Like the hottest it's ever been. And that's not just here. That's pretty much everywhere. 
Uh, but what Jansen is doing here is he understands the market. He knows where it's going. He understands where you can get in. It is incredibly important right now, if you are even thinking about owning a home, to talk to a realtor. Because if you do what I did, which is just go on to realtor.com and you look around at prices and you're like, all right, well, this seems reasonable. Oh, this seems reasonable. Like, I, you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what you're talking about and you don't know how to get into these things before they open. Jansen has connections. He gets everything that's going. Just call the freaking guy. He is too smart for you to not reach out to him. Jay Patagna at FQR.com. Jansen sells homes, not houses. <laughs> That's a good line. I like that line. I mean, it is a house, but it can be your home. <laughs> Don't step all over the line. Shit. It's a right. good line. <laughs> it was a good line. Fuck. That's Jansen Patagna, everyone. He is our sponsor. Well, in a huge change of events, we actually have some Saints news hey, this week. Hey, what do you know? There was the NFL draft. Did you watch it? Did you love it? I you... watched an hour, maybe two of the first round. All Fell right. asleep before the Saints picked. Very good. Uh, and watched none of it the next two days. That's uh, my same trajectory. I watched all stoked. I'm like, normal draft. Football, let's go. Yeah. I get about 30 minutes in, then I'm on my phone. I find I have the TV on. <laughs> I find out from my phone that the Saints have drafted a player. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was really only tuned in because I was so convinced the Saints were going to make a trade uh, that I was like, ah, well, this will be interesting to watch, you know, this occur and, and, you know, see as it goes down in real time, whatever. Uh, and they just nothing happened. And it, it sounds like they tried very hard to move up. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they tried to, to go up for a couple of different people at different spots. Uh, I read something that they were trying uh, to go get the quarterback from Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, and they couldn't go get him, that they were trying to get the cornerbacks, uh, Patrick Sertain from Alabama, uh, as well as whoever the other top cornerback was. The guy from Georgia. The guy or Virginia Tech. There were two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, anyway, they, uh, they, they swung and missed at both of those uh, trades. Nobody wanted to move up. They were asking for way too much. And, therefore, the Saints ended up kind of just reaching, it feels like, uh, in the first round. Yeah, the, uh, the review was that the Saints got the best available player, which is a questionable review. Yeah. A lot of people have not heard of this guy. A lot of people have not seen this guy. If you are in New Orleans, you may have. Houston's Peyton Turner, a defensive end. Uh, his stock rose a lot um, after... Um, you know, the thing where they run around and jump up and hit the thing. What do they call it? <laughs> the, the combine? The, the, the pro day? I don't, yeah. think, I don't think that's it. Uh, <laughs> but he he's a plucky, young upstart Ugh. in the Marcus Davenport Ugh. realm. Uh, there have been comparisons made to Marcus Ugh. Davenport, other that we did not trade up this time. Yeah. He's a late-round pick from a... You know, he's from the American Conference. You may have seen him. His highlight reel is almost exclusively against (laughs) Tulane. (laughs) BYU, um, no highlights against UCF. Mm -hmm. I think Houston played like five games last year, to be fair. The guy's big. He's six foot five, which in the American Conference means, yes, you dominate everybody. Yeah. Yes, you're a grizzly bear coming off the line. Yeah. Is that going to translate to the NFL? I don't know. And in, in, no. in the highlight reels that I saw, he looked like a very good football player. 
against the teams he was playing against. <laughs> yeah. I suppose the issue more so is that the Saints do not need a defensive end at that level, at that cost, a first-round pick. They don't need a defensive end who's like a raw, athletic, like uh, unreliable but talented. That's Marcus Davenport. Right. You have that guy. And you saw him essentially fail for the last four years. So what teams do over and over again when Davenport is in the game on non-third down situations, non-obvious passing situations, is they just run the ball at him. They run screens at him. They run everything at him because he doesn't know what the fuck is going on, which this guy is dealing with a similar issue that he's going to be a raw, talented player. I'm not saying I know anything about his uh, you know, football mindset, IQ, whatever. I have no idea, but I know Cam Jordan knows everything he's supposed to know, and then Marcus Davenport knows nothing. And I watch how they treat both sides of the field. And Cam Jordan is not the Cam Jordan of old, but they still will go away from him. Like, once that happened last year, like, once they lost the defensive end on the like, it was awful. They were just killing Davenport over and over and over again. They're going at him, and he couldn't keep the edge. He couldn't keep contain. And he wasn't getting enough sacks to justify that. And so even though they pick up the fifth year in his option, I would think the Saints would be like a little wary of doing essentially <laughs> the exact same thing on the same team. And they weren't. I guess that just speaks to the fact that they like that type of player or that they think this guy is uh, a better version of that. Because Marcus Davenport had an unbelievable highlight reel at Texas San Antonio where he was demolishing Conference USA. Yeah. And he ain't doing that in the NFL. Well, I'm, uh, I'm a little worried that it's going to be the exact same thing. You know, he, he looks very quick off the edge. Yeah. So to Marcus Davenport. Yeah. He's demolishing, you know, Lamar, Fry, yeah. <laughs> UTEP, yeah. um, Central Arkansas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Abilene Christian, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Baptist school for, you know, Bible studies. It's, uh, it's not the same thing. And I think losing Trey Hendrickson did play with the Saints a little bit. I think they, they did feel like they needed some more pass rush. It can never hurt to have more pass rush, particularly when you're down a cornerback. And when they couldn't go up and get the top two guys at that position. I think it very much hurt. Uh, I think they probably would have had an ability to pick in front of the Titans and pick Caleb Farley, but then that probably they didn't feel like was worth it to give right. up assets to just to move up to that spot. So instead, they kind of waited and took a corner later in the draft, and whether or not that actually, you know, does anything is, it, is you know, a, a question. Like, are you going to start – was what – Paulson Adebo was second round or third round? He was third round, right? Yeah, he was sec uh he was third round. Yeah. And so that's where you get your corner. Like that seems like a stretch to think like slot that guy across the field from Marshawn Lattimore and you've got to start a defense. Well, a lot of people consider uh Adebo a steal, Adebo, Adebo. Yeah, I have no cl- I have no clue. I probably sound like Bobby Aber right now. I have no <laughs> idea what that guy's pronounced. <laughs> Adebo, I don't know. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Well, Mr. Adobe, he uh <laughs> this is a pick that's universally considered good. Uh he did not play last season. So his draft recency bias, yeah, his stock fell in the draft. The Saints picked him up. Um, he was 
you know, they ask all these guys, it's like, should you have gone sooner? Has any of these guys ever went, no, this is exactly where I was supposed to be picked? Yeah. You know, but Never. of course he's, you know, ripping off his shirt and like, I should have been first, you fuck. Like fucking Lamar Jackson or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm certain that when you don't play, you know, he sat out last the, the COVID season last year. I think that certainly plays a role, but like uh, the Saints, I, everything I've read is that they really wanted J.C. Horn or they really wanted Pat Sertan. Yeah. And and I think once they decided they didn't get, they couldn't get those guys. There was not, it was not worth the squeeze to go up 11, 12 picks to get uh, Horn, who I think they especially liked, which would have been awesome if they had Joe Horn's kid. That would have been freaking phenomenal oh, yeah. here. Um, if that wasn't going to happen, I would have expected them to do something like maybe move one of those third rounders to get up a little bit in the second round. But I guess it wasn't worth the value. And so they just sat back and now they've they have to go get another cornerback. Right. Like you can't possibly go in to next season and have like, all right, we got Lattimore. You got P.J. Williams and we got a Debo Debo. And that's and it. And how old is Richard Sherman? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you got to do something like now they filled in the gaps on good teams. Like Janoris Jenkins was basically cut by the Giants. And so is Eli Apple. And those guys started and on really good defenses. So it's not to say that it's impossible to go find a quality player. It's just a lot more difficult when you're doing it in this part of the process. Yeah. And this is this is really, I think, the era of normal to flawed Saints drafts yeah. on, a, on a widespread scale. Yeah. Obviously, Davenport sticks out in mines, but mm. the Saints have been pretty goddamn lucky. Uh, I, I think this is the dawning of a new era for Saints drafts, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> I also think when they took the white linebacker out of Ohio State, you know. The, Pete Werner. Yeah, Pete Werner. Werner. <laughs> uh, that guy is 100% going to make me insane. There has not been a white linebacker of the Saints since Scott <laughs> Fajita, who has not made me insane. So I'm confident. It also says that their pick of, I think it was Zach Bond, either last year or two years ago, uh, that's kind of a bust, right? Like, you don't go pick another guy who plays the exact position with your second pick. If you don't, if you think that guy's developing properly into the player, so now yeah. you've got you're basically admitting failure on Anzalone, who's gone, and you're admitting failure on uh, on Bond, and now you've got Werner, and this is I, I just don't think they're very good at evaluating the position. That might be the case. Uh, you know, we made the case against uh, Peyton Turner that he's from a small school and he looked, you know, yeah. good on highlight reel. This guy's at least from Ohio State. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's worked out okay for the Saints thus far if you're just going by schools. I don't know anything about this guy. I haven't seen a second of him that yeah. I know of. But he, uh, you know, checked the box off. And, you know, there's a white linebacker. So people from Marrero have a new jersey <laughs> to buy. <laughs> Who is the guy? Burn from- your shocky jersey. You didn't get Fujita because you thought it sounded Asian, which it is. Who is the guy from the North Shore who like blocked a punt? Oh my God, it's gonna make me crazy. He's like, Dad played for the Saints, and there are people who were in his jersey, and I was like, Dude, this guy stinks. I can't believe you guys <laughs> like this guy. He's terrible. But he's like, oh, that's the white linebacker. We all have to like this guy. Dude, people loved Scott Shanley. Now, they didn't really love Scott Shanley. They didn't like anything he did on the field. But they liked the idea of their yeah. skinhead uh, linebacker out there. Um, 
I just... Uh, I'm sure if Richie Incognito jerseys hadn't been banned <laughs> from the NFL store that they would still be a top... Se- He's on Cameo now, by Is the way. Really? Could you get a Cameo to another Cameo? Could we yeah, get Drew Brees <laughs> sending a message to Ricky Incognito? Oh, man, just wanted to say, so proud of you, Richie. <laughs> Thanks for the $700. I think you're doing what you're doing. Great stuff. <laughs> Keep up the good work, man. Uh, yeah, so... Where do you go from, you know, these – the middle of the Saints defense has been a problem for a while with the exception to Mario Davis. Uh, Anzalone was horrific last year. Quan Alexander is actually really good, uh, but then he got hurt at the end of the year, and I don't think he's coming back. That derailed the season. That really hurt. I think they actually probably would have had a much better game against Tampa had Quan Alexander been there. But it does show you the importance of that spot. Yeah. And that you need to get that filled. You, you know, you're trying to fill that spot after luminaries like Anzalone, Kiko Alonso. <laughs> um, but I mean, they're literally such zeros yeah. that have played that role. They had such horseshit linebackers <laughs> for so long. I can't remember except for Demar. Am I missing somebody besides Vilma? Fajita and Demario Davis. Who you've been like, all right, glad that guy's in there. Yeah, I just hope that this. Uh, What's his name? Werner Herzog. I hope he can come in and <laughs> Werner. Uh, I mean, you know, we're giving like the worst draft analysis possible because we don't know anything about these guys. We know the Saints. This is an honest draft analysis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I would, I would appreciate that as well. And then they actually went out and uh, tried to fill the quarterback spot, which is an odd time to go get one. Was that the fifth round? They got uh, Ian Book? I think it was the sixth round they got yeah. Ian Book. He uh, undersized noodle arm from a school in Indiana. <laughs> what are his thoughts on gay marriage? Sound familiar? <laughs> What's his hairline like? No, Ian Book, Notre Dame quarterback in the NFL. Get out of here. <laughs> I uh, This guy I, can't see... Look, he Drew, won a lot of games. Right? I mean, yeah, he did win a lot of games. But who does who does Notre Dame play? I don't watch NBC football. No, you will next year. <laughs> Best analyst on TV is going to be calling those games. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that. I mean, they've taken some dog shit quarterbacks late in these drafts and given yeah. a shot. And it's you know, he's in out. the he's in the Garrett Grayson position. Yeah. He's, he's Patrick Ramsey. Uh-huh. You know, stuff like that. He's not going to be. He's not even a chance of getting into the mix with these guys if they do and i hope they do a hard knocks on the saints this season he's going to be the guy that they follow (laughs) because you know i'm sure his dad's in prison he's going to get cut from the team at the last second and then he's going to be a walk-on for jacksonville before he goes back to Division three's football <laughs> finest. <laughs> Coaching quarterbacks at the high school team. Uh, no, I mean, congrats to Ian Book. Uh, I, I, you know, anything's possible. I, I, it's just if I was them, I would have taken two, three quarterbacks. If you were the Saints, you would have taken two or three quarterbacks? I'd be like, you got to find somebody. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> Jameis Winston ain't going to get you there. Well, Jason Hill ain't going to get you it's there. It's not like, all that matters. I, I think that the Saints are confident in trying out the two men that they have. It feels like they are building this team the same as if Breeze is still there. Like, that they're confident that this roster is good enough to, like, make a deep run, 
even though they don't have Breeze. And I don't see where that confidence comes from because you don't have the quarterback there. So, like, you go out and get best player available at 28. Is that when they pick 28? Uh, and then you go take, you know, a, you don't take your corner to the third round. Like, it just seems weird they're not filling – they're not filling needs that are so that are desperately needed. They're just taking guys, and I, I mean, maybe I'm completely off base. Well, I think the needs are just all across the board. The need is a quarterback. <laughs> the need is very obvious. How do you not go get a guy who is at least somewhat reliable? Like Jameis Winston is the definition of unreliable, and Taysom Hill is a total like wild card. Like that guy cannot throw the football, so you could run an offense that might work with him, but he can't throw. And you saw it last year. Like, they played Philadelphia, and he could not throw the ball. Well, maybe this is where they have seen stuff that we have not. I'm going to (laughs) disagree. If Taysom hadn't played last year, I would be like, ah, you know, maybe it's better than we think. Like, I, I, there's just no way he's ready for that for 16 games. Well, so you got to just, I felt like you just need to do something, but maybe they're just willing to kind of like take a year of interim and see how it goes. But if you think the roster is as talented, it's it's criminal to waste it. Well, I feel like the Saints' only actual shot at a quarterback in the draft that could have maybe played would have been Mac Jones, and that's what they were trying to get him. Yeah. This is, you know, yeah. a, a free play yeah. as far as that goes, and he, you know, fits the formula of the team. He fits the offense. He fits sure. who the fucking last quarterback has been for 20 years. Yeah. So maybe they're just hoping that lightning strikes twice. <laughs> yeah. I but found it, it interesting. It, that they wanted to go get him. It seems a little irrational. Yeah. I, I did find it interesting. They wanted to go get him, particularly since Belichick is the one who got him. And it just makes me think of all the like, Hey, the saints were really close to trading up to get Pat Mahomes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh yeah. It's like, no, they really, really, really liked Patrick Mahomes. Like Peyton was really upset about it. It's like, all right. And the day of you're like, oh, whatever. Like, well, that's weird. And then now you sit there and you're like, oh, my God. Like how many Super Bowls this team have won if they had gotten one pick earlier and gotten Patrick Mahomes? None yet. (laughs) I mean, mean, the team would not have had a different quarterback if they drafted Patrick Mahomes. You, You don't think they would have ever played him over Breeze? No. There's no way you I can think, sit that I guy. think I think Breeze may have uh, retired a year or two sooner. That's yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Like it's, dude, Breeze is out there selling helmets yep. for six thousand dollars. I don't know. That guy was going to play until his arm fell off. Um, all right, well that takes us through the draft. Is there anything else in the draft that we need to say? No, let's just hop right into Polk news. Sounds good. All right, um, LeBron James. You, you've heard of this guy? He uh, from Space Jam. He said, now that the Lakers are in seventh place, he says, whoever created the play-in tournament should be fired. Oh, wow. Just like Mark Cuban. Isn't that weird? Huh. It's weird how the timing on stuff LeBron James says lines up so well with other things he said. It's incredible, man. He's so full of shit. Dude. He's one of the most... I don't think he's a single person in his life to be like, dude, you... Are such a whiner, like stop, stop, and stop posting on Instagram like you're 17 years old. I think you're the best player in the NBA for 15 years. Just let that speak for itself. The kid from Akron. It's like, dude, just be a little above that. Like you, like have all this internal whatever. You don't need to 
to put that shit on Instagram. Like, it doesn't make any difference. I think it's hard to tell when somebody's a sociopath when they're also the most talented athlete in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, maybe the sociopathy is working for you. Yeah, like, I was I was dating a girl with an accent, and it took me a long time to realize she was fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm distracted. I just couldn't tell. It's, yeah. it's not something I was used to. We're not, we're not used to LeBron... <laughs> Being, we're not used to having the greatest athlete, uh, you know, in the last decade, in the last 10 decades, uh, tweet. Yeah. So it's exactly, it's, we're yeah, just yeah. not used to that. We're, we're just like, oh, that's what the greatest athlete in the world says instead of why is the greatest athlete in the world <laughs> saying that? Why are we hearing about this from him? Yeah. I, I, the, the, that's so great, though, that he said that about the tournament. <laughs> it was just with a straight like face. the day they got like dropped into the seven spot. And it's like, this is ridiculous. I can't believe you had to do this. And it's like, well, he it's called, the exact same thing Mark Cuban did. He called for the person who, uh, you know, uh, created it to be as if there's just one. Guy. The one guy. Was yeah, like there's a, just one guy that yeah. raised his hand. What if there was a <laughs> two more? And they're like, good job, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dave, you yeah. got it. <laughs> we'll put you uh, in charge of the tournament. But it it is, you know, reckless to call for somebody to be fired when you're the most powerful yeah. man in the world. Yeah. I mean, who's to say Jeannie Buss didn't come up with that? Uh, well, if that had happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is it was someone of Zion's agent is the person who came up with it. I mean, if if LeBron just gets his shit together and plays these last seven games. They're going to win the championship. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The play-in um, tournament, for the record, is awesome. And it's made this season significantly more interesting that it's coming down to, the, to it's, 10. LeBron James is saying, I'm mad that the regular season matters now. Yes. Which is what the regular season should do. Yeah, it well, the, should the, That matter. there's consequences to being below six. Yeah. It's like, why, why are the seven and eight seeds... Granted, some like what is that has is that not set in stone? Who gives a shit? We change things all the time. Uh, not the only person frustrated with the NBA. Uh, Dame Lillard tweeted his frustration with now the Blazers are the only team in the league not allowing fans into the arena. Still, it's incredible, man. What are they doing over there? Well, they're playing at Chaz. They're playing. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing at um, Black Hammer, so they're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot, like, what do you mean they don't have fans? There's no fans allowed into the stadium. I watch these college them. baseball games. There's like 15,000 people in Mississippi, like, crawling all over each other. You know, like, they've, like just their guts are literally, like, stacked on top of one another. And then you look at Portland, they're like, oh, no, well, we don't have school still. It's like, what is going on? Like, how are the same people making these decisions? Like, we're all Americans. Like, we're all part of this it's together. Very right? It's like different. It's people. unbelievable. <laughs> it's like it's like we're in different planets, much less different countries. Well, it's crazy. Well, everyone in Portland works at a video rental store. <laughs> And they have like an artisanal pop-up dog nail salon <laughs> where they paint your dog's nails. No one has any immunity. I guess they're not getting the vaccine. They're, they're like, definitely getting the vaccine. They're probably getting it three or four times over there. <laughs> I, I promise you more people are taking the vaccine in Portland than they are anywhere in Mississippi <laughs> or Alabama or here where the college baseball stadiums are packed to the gills. I went to an Astros game last week. I was sitting around people like, there was no no one wore a mask 
Everyone was in there. It wasn't packed because they just didn't have enough fans to be packed. But the section was crowded. Like, it didn't feel any different than it did two years ago. I was like, all right, well, this is what we're doing now. And then Portland's still like, ah, no, you're going to have to have less than 10 people. And you're going to have to wear three masks when you go into a park. It's like, what the fuck? What, how, what, what science are you reading that's different than what these people are reading? Well, all these people are going to move to Florida, I think, yeah, eventually. I mean, and Dame might, too. Yeah. Jimmy. But, yeah, I, uh, I share your frustration, Dame. Good Lord. Uh, continuing with athletes being outraged, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, ah. <laughs> she has begun her run for California governor, um, and one of her main platforms was opposing transgender athletes in women's sports. Uh-huh. The caveat there, Miss Caitlin plays women's golf on women's tees <laughs> in women's tournaments. Which is the exact thing. <laughs> Literally the exact. I know that when you you hear about this debate, you probably think of like wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. or football. It's yeah. not just that. Yeah. It's that's, other stuff, too. Yeah. And Caitlin. Oh, that's too Fucking 90-year-old Caitlin, you know, out there with her plastic Donna Versace face. She looks like manimal at this point. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not because just just because she's old, only because she's fucking old and rich and rich, crazy people. The only thing they fear is death. So they inject their face with, with plastic. tons of crap. <laughs> I know. She, yeah, there's uh, something going on with that entire look. And and did she like run somebody over with a car? Like, yeah, that just yeah, get glossed over now. Like, I, I mean, the whole thing. But is, she did it faster than anyone else had ever done it. It's a great thing that she's running for governor because I think it's going to really test the boundaries of like, what do you hate more? Like identity, pol- like, do you love identity politics more or do you hate Republicans more? Yeah. Like, which one of these things? Like, it's like, ugh, like, like they totally turned on Tim Scott in South Carolina. Like. That guy can do no right. Like, uh, it doesn't matter that he's black anymore. He's he's so Republican that they're allowed that, you know, the woke folks can go after him. Uh, I don't know where Caitlyn Jenner will fall on the scale. That'll be really interesting. Yeah, it will. Um, but, you know, nobody can touch that subject with a 10 foot pole. No, except <laughs> this podcast, because what are they going to do to us? Yeah, 10 foot pole. Yeah. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> We uh, go ahead and cancel us. It it won't change anything. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is uh, this has been the end of Polk News. Yeah, that was a fun one. Let's get into some segments. What do you say? Segments. Overrated. Underrated. Underrated and overrated. Pretty self-explanatory. Depends on the person. I guess so. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, sure. So what did we go overrated, then underrated, correct? Yeah. Okay. So overrated. Uh, theme parks for adults. I'm not. I went, uh, we spoke. I was at Disney World. Mm-hmm. It was legit bothersome how few children there were there. I was expecting it to be like 75% children running around. You know, like. Basically, three kids to every two adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, most is just, you know, a lot. Of, that's, I figure that's what, that's what I remember theme parks as a kid. Was like going to Six Flags, and it was a lawless, just Lord of the Flies experience of children running around like crazy. 
this is like half the people are on honeymoons. Half the people are uh, just like in their 60s with their wife walking around. What's going on? You're at a theme park. You're talking to Mickey Mouse. You're a fully grown adult. There are a gazillion places to go on vacation when you don't have children around. Don't go there. Don't go to the theme park alone. That is bizarre. Even maybe with your adult kids, I could see being like, ah, you know, you know, kids in their 20s, whatever. Right. Maybe, maybe for like a touch of nostalgia. But, dude, it was ridiculous how many people had no children anywhere. And they're like standing in line for Toy Story Mania <laughs> next to me and my three-year-old. And I was like, what is going on, man? This is your day? I th- people just don't grow up anymore. Yeah. You know? There's like they reboot the same Disney movie every two years. Everybody's yeah. in Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. <laughs> every movie's a superhero movie. No one grows up anymore. So, of, of course, you're going to start seeing 60-year-olds at Disneyland. I was there on May the 4th. Be with you. So all these Star Wars people wearing their May the 4th T-shirts, uh-huh. buying lightsabers, uh, and walking around in a hundred degree weather, just like wearing cloaks. And yeah, just like greatest day, with a mask on, like greatest day of my life. I was like, this is, it's, this is certified. Go to Hawaii. <laughs> it, nothing about it is cheap. You can't nothing buy. About, that's yeah. why there's no kids. These people don't have kids. They're like, well, now I can afford to go to Disney and buy a lightsaber. <laughs> it's like, it's wild, man. Like. Uh, going for your kids, honestly, is awesome. I really enjoyed being my kids being around, my family being around. I thought it was great. Uh, really, like, legitimately kind of surprised me how much I did enjoy it. Uh, however, I was blown away by the amount of fat people on rascal scooters <laughs> and the amount of fully grown adults just, like, going on vacation to go check out a fake set of Star Wars. <laughs> like, what is going on here, you got to go to Walmart more, man. I know. This, this it, would have prepared you. It's a cross-section of America that I think gets overlooked by, you know, those of us who don't deal with that cross-section of America very <laughs> often. Yeah, people who don't work at a Love's truck stop. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is Nebraska. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I know adult Disney weirdos, and it's creepy. It's Thing, man. It's it's expensive, like you said. It's not convenient. It's a humongous pain in the ass to get around. It's like, oh, well, you know, you're going to Florida, so you go to the beach. Oh, no, this is hours from a beach. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that's all. But I'm not in. Look, everyone has their thing. I, I'm reading message boards about Tulane baseball, okay? <laughs> I am not above anybody. Uh, I just found it wild how many people are dressed up to go to this stuff. It's man. incredible to me. Well, I've got something incredible. Yeah. Overrated. That was your overrated, right? I thought so. Yeah. My overrated expensive liquor. You don't like good liquor? I'm going to explain. Okay. (laughs) I like good liquor. I went to a fancy uptown cocktail joint. They had a... They don't sponsor this bar. No, that's why I didn't say their name. (laughs) Uh, They have a specific drink called Fancy Old Fashioned. Oh, Jesus. Fancy Sazerac. I'm a sazzy boy. I I love (laughs) (laughs) love a good Sazerac. I really love an old fashioned. But I was like, you know what? I am fancy. They got me. It was their marketing. Oh, yeah. I was like, I am fancy. I'm going to get this 
literally $20 old-fashioned. They brought it out. It was good. Sure. But then, you know, it was just as good. The $6 regular <laughs> old-fashioned I got immediately after. Yeah. That's... Those things tend to... Like, vodka labels, they've, like, proven that. It's like... Yeah. It's really hard to tell the difference there in vodka are, labels when you drink it straight. There are some things that you can tell a difference between good and bad, I think. Beer, obviously. Yeah. Some kinds of wine, like a white wine. Yeah. And tequila. Yes, tequila for sure. But And a lot of liquor if you're just putting it on rocks, I think, yeah. too. But if you're just putting it on rocks, you don't care what it tastes like. Yeah, your life is where it is. You're going, you're going straight in one direction. <laughs> I'm just tired of being swindled by people uh, uh, exploiting toxic masculinity. Like, if I went in there and they had, like, you know, big, strong man... You know, gin and tonic. I like. Well, I guess I'll get. That's what they do at Twin Peaks. Yes, at Twin exactly. Peaks, the small is called like the girl size, yeah. and there's like the fucking man yeah. size. Like, yeah, I guess I'll have four beers before I go. I pleasured my woman size. Yeah, I guess I'll have this forty-eight ounce beer before I go watch Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I like that one. That is true. I definitely, uh, I've never understood the, the super high end. Like I would pretty much only drink vodka, the super high end stuff. I'm like, I can't tell the difference between this and Tito's at all. Yep. So, uh, all right. So that will take me into my underrated, uh, YouTube books. This is a very kid heavy podcast. This was my kids all week. <laughs> YouTube does this thing where they just have books and someone reads them out loud so what do your kids do to you when they're a certain age is they just want you to read the same book a hundred times in a row. And you feel guilty if you put the screen on all day because that's bad for kids too, right? So this is a perfect happy medium of I don't have to read the same book 50 times in a row. And my kid is not really watching TV. They're just looking at someone else reading a book on oh. TV. So it's just a still shot of the book and they're reading it. And so I don't have to do any work. I also don't get any guilt for feeling like I'm letting my kids watch Toy Story for the thousandth time. And therefore, perfect happy medium and something no one will ever tell you about except for on this very podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have small kids, books read out loud on YouTube. Man, that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Do they have books for adults on YouTube? Probably. They have everything on YouTube. You know, I think they do. I think once I listened to some of uh, Confederacy of Dunces on YouTube. Yeah. And that's like a really, just so easy. YouTube's on everything. And sure. You can just throw it on. Yeah. You just start doing that. Yeah. Go check it out. I, I listen to podcasts on YouTube sometimes. Like, yeah, I Just do like that. Piana by accident. It's know? just easy to. Yeah. You're just kind of scrolling it. And especially when you have a job like mine, we're just sitting at a desk all day. It's like, sure, I'll take it out. So everybody, Curious George. Watch on YouTube. Man. Yeah. That's what your kids are listening to? Tonight we watch Goodnight Gorilla six times in a row on YouTube. It's eight minutes. Nice. <laughs> when I read Goodnight Gorilla, it's 45 seconds. Reading so. your kids' banned books? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my underrated, unceremoniously, it is fans. Not fans of the show. Okay. Oscillating fans. Ooh, like uh, above or uh, the boxes? Any fan. Any baby. fan. And I'm, I'm telling you why. Because if you notice, the new Bud Light Lime Studio yeah. over here in beautiful Uptown. Yeah. I got a window unit behind my head here in the kitchen. 
I got a window unit in the gorgeous, huge living room that mm-hmm. I'm not being overcharged for <laughs> by my old landlord, who is my enemy. There is no window unit in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, that's an odd choice, right? So it is toasty. Yeah, it's written that time of year. And I have not been running these bad boys. I've been fanning it the whole time. Really? And I tell you what, it's been just fine. How many fans are in there? Just one? Just one fan. Wow. Just one big bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the, I love when they shake around. You're like, oh, this thing could rip from the hinges any minute. Well, I do have one plug-in fan, and then I have the uh, so you have two ceiling fans. fan. You yeah, liar. I suppose so. You are I'm not used to telling anyone I have a fan. <laughs> Mostly enemies. But I got the energy bill for the first 24 days here. It was $18. Good God. So something's going on. I don't know if what? I crack the code. Well, are you using lights? <laughs> I'm Amish. Here. You have a mini fridge? Is that what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Is solar panels that I'm, no one's aware of? I'm thinking that it's because I'm using the fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out your main power system is plugged yeah. into somebody else's like <laughs> That's outlet. fine with me. It's like, oh, yeah, you know that uh, surge protector you have out front? That's, uh, <laughs> that's not your power. <laughs> Yeah, I've just been plugging into the Popeyes across the street. <laughs> right but, uh, yeah, yeah, as Colin Ray would say, that's my story, and I'm <laughs> sticking to it. What a throwback. <laughs> what a throwback to Colin A. All right, that takes us into my favorite part of every single week on this here program. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst. The worst. The worst, as always, is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Yeah? What you got? Oh, man. This one has uh, quite a few elements. Um, Let's just go with it. Nashville scanner. Male took off his colostomy bag (laughs) and started swinging it at others. Some units have feces on them. This is the third time I've heard this colostomy bag guy in the past two nights. Let me give some context here. The what? Nashville scanner is the Twitter police scanner for Metro Nashville. This was a police radio call uh, a couple of nights ago for assistant at Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've been there. It is quite a thing. Have you been oh, there? Oh, yeah. Does it make Toby Keith's bar and grill look like a shit? Oh, hole? yeah. <laughs> Pisses on Toby Keith's. Toby I love Keith's, this bar. I love this bar and grill. Exactly. <laughs> That entire and it's all full of just like people from rural Kentucky who are into party and of course, you know, Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk rock and roll steakhouse. Oh, God. On lower Broadway. (laughs) What a mouthful. Oh, yeah. And this time it was unfortunately a mouthful of poo (laughs) as a man (laughs) on the dance floor removed his look. I'm all for taking my mask off. Sure. My girlfriend, Kim Mulkey. She took her mask <laughs> off and threw it at the naysayers. This man took off his colostomy bag and yeah. said, "No more, Sleepy Joe. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be confined by this pandemic of wearing this. I don't know what the reasoning was, but the man in the middle of the dance floor, where else? Where else are you gonna do it? Sure. And what song was playing? Yeah, it had to be by Colin Ray, right? I hope it was like, you know, Get Down Tonight by Casey and the Sunshine Band. It's definitely North Carolina. Come on, raise up. 
<laughs> Swinging around the head. I'm like, not your colostomy bag. <laughs> the police encountered the man. Uh, they'd been in contact with him that night. This was the third time that night where he had previously refused medical attention both prior times. When the police encountered the man for the third time, he removed his colostomy bag and began flinging poo on the responding officers. Oh. Um, unbelievable, man. Yeah. Just imagine, like, oh. hey, guys, quarantine's over. Where do you want to go? <laughs> of course, oh. Kid Rocks. A bunch of words after that. Kid Rocks, fuck you, Applebee's. Let's fucking shoot a deer and ride around in a truck bar. And then you go there, and it's like, what's it going to be? Hot babes like Coyote Ugly, my favorite movie? Oh, no, it's just Randy. And he's giving us the shit sprinkler. <laughs> At least one officer had to head home for 30 to 40 minutes to get a change of clothes. They told the officer to take as much time as you need. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, no, we're going to need you back in 15. He's giving himself an acid bath. <laughs> That's like sometimes you go home, you know, because you, oh, I have a fever. Yeah. That time it's like, I'm covered in human feces (laughs) from the Kid Rock bar. They're like, yeah, just take a half day. Really makes you appreciate nurses, right, who are dealing with that shit literally all day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And they don't even get a decently priced (laughs) cocktail in a mason jar. Yeah, nothing. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, was that the story? That seems like the whole story. I mean... There's nothing what, more to say. What more do you need? I don't need a twist they, on uh, that. The twist was right in the beginning. I'm sure the MyPillow guy was there, and then <laughs> and the next day, Papa John showed up with a cleaning crew. Ted Nugent was right there on the floor. <laughs> Cat scratch fevers, uh, the chunks of corn are coming through his teeth. Um, was that too much? Too much? Did I go too far? Um... All right, I will uh, go a little local here for my worst. From Eater.com, which Noel.com also had the story. Uh, PJ's coffee chain, quote, removes NOLA franchisee for crudely commenting on LeBron James' call to support black youth. This is kind of hilarious. Uh, Popular New Orleans coffee shop PJ's Coffee said it removed a franchisee who responded to LeBron James's post calling for the protection of young black men and women. James has long used his voice and platform to advocate for social change. We love LeBron James. On, we've not, we, we would never say a bad word about LeBron. Oh, we did that like 15 minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> uh, franchisee Stephen Bruno Jr., definitely a listener of this show, no doubt in my mind, uh, <laughs> replied to a May 4th LeBron James post, which simply read, protect our young black women and men. And Bruno replied, eat a eggplant emoji. So eat oh. a dick. <laughs> a thin veil for its apparent degrading and diminishing meaning. Bruno's reply was called out on Twitter Tuesday night by user Ken Barnes, who identified Bruno as a PJ's franchise franchisee. What a friggin' narc, Ken yeah. Barnes. <laughs> Loser. I looked this guy up. Yeah, he's a franchisee of a coffee place. Let's burn down his home because he tweeted an emoji <laughs> that's rude. Look, man, any response to LeBron James that says to eat an eggplant emoji <laughs> is fine. It doesn't matter what's in a response to. Just at King James, eat an eggplant emoji. Let's not look through the context of what has to be there. It's fine to say that to LeBron. 
Everyone says mean things to LeBron. It's not because of what he said there, right? The yeah. guy can't possibly be doing it. Like, that statement is so absurdly innocuous, there's no way the guy was responding just to that. He was just generally saying LeBron James should eat an eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so we shouldn't take his franchisee away from him. If he had written it on to, uh, after, like, one of those kid from Akron tweets, I don't think anyone would care. No, not at all. And, and like, Lonzo stands, LeBron stands, other player stands. Anyone that tweets anything about anything, they're like, it's the meanest thing you've ever read about another person. Yeah, exactly. And first off, this guy's apology is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. He's going to say, look, when I use that eggplant emoji that you see 10,000 times a day on Instagram, I was in a dark place. And since I tweeted a 10-letter tweet using an eggplant emoji, I've grown as a human. <laughs> My wife and I, we've seeked out counseling. We're and now, And now I'm gay. Because <laughs> you, you, you have to up it. Oh, yeah. You have to up the deal. It's like, D. not I only do I yeah. feel bad, but now I'm another gender. <laughs> Look, uh, it's not great to put it on that post it's really dumb uh and i'm not saying that the stephen bruno jr fella is not a racist because i don't know that he's not a racist but it seems a little extreme right for just saying that lebron james should eat an eggplant emoji that the uh, pjs came out with a statement saying the words used by stephen bruno jr are inappropriate and uncalled for bruno has been removed as a franchisee from the locally owned and operated location he and his brother operate uh two pjs uh, the one at 630 Charter Street in the French Quarter. Uh, so, I don't know what removed really means. The, the PJ's letter should say the two words and an emoji that he used. The words, he used an emoji. To like the it, most famous athlete in the world. I, I, I don't care to speculate on this man's personal beliefs. I, I don't give a fuck because I have a life and I have literally <laughs> yeah. anything better to do. Um, does this PJs only employ yeah. white people? You know, maybe that would be something weird. It, it, it doesn't like, look, this guy is probably racist, but that's, you know, telling like, a billionaire <laughs> to fuck off is not. Yeah. Telling a billionaire to fuck off is an American right. Exactly. I think that's what the tea party was about. <laughs> <laughs> that's I guess I think you've hit my overarching point on a finer note than I could ever find there. Yeah. It's okay to say anything you want to LeBron to a billion. It's, it's okay to say anything you want to any billionaire. It's like, come on. And then to like find like, hey, this guy told LeBron to eat an eggplant emoji. They're going to remove his franchise. Oh, man. For a tweet to LeBron. Now I'm going to have to only get my it coffee. It was like a death threat. Yeah, it wasn't a death threat. <laughs> he said to eat a dick. Like what? I text that to people all the time. Maybe he's friends with LeBron. Yeah, maybe they are. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I don't say it to people. I understand I you know, can dig and I dig just... and dig and, and, and yeah. you know, you can make anything you want it. And is it a weird thing to reply to a tweet that's seemingly innocuous or about another issue? Sure. Should this man lose his livelihood? I don't think so. That's just cr like, I'm sure they'll figure out a way of some settlement i'm sure and i'm sure they're not actually gonna do yeah. it what they'll do is like put it in someone else's name and it'll still get i don't know the whole thing is beyond ridiculous that you can get 
one reply tweet to LeBron. Like, again, if it was a reply to almost anything else Elon that he wrote. Elon Musk. Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. And it's like because of what he was replying to. It was like, it's not really how Twitter works. People reply to stuff that I write all the time talking about something else that I've written previously. Like, it's not a, a, it's not a single not each new tweet is a brand new uh, interpretation of the person. Like this is, uh, it's crazy. Isn't man. it silly to? We just should be, all be on so- off social. We're media. getting this so analytical stupid. about social media and emojis. It's so dumb. <laughs> there was a whole movie about emojis. <laughs> <laughs> it should have gotten into the eggplant a little further. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Like, uh, the hypersensitivity. Like, literally, all it took is this one guy being like, this guy owns a coffee shop. Be like, all right, see ya. You wrote a three-word tweet to LeBron James. Like, there are also, like, 100,000 things that he could have said worse to LeBron James that would have maybe merited losing it. Like, you know, you drop a slur. You say, like, a death threat. Like, there are real things that he could have done that would have, you know, been like, all right, let's have a conversation about this. Like, eat a dick. That's not even, you didn't even say the word dick. You used an eggplant emoji. That people are, come on. These corporations are so soft, man. It's getting, it's getting wild out there. There's literally no reason to have a Twitter or Instagram. I got to get rid of it. I got rid of Instagram. Yeah. I was like, this is doing nothing for me. I was like, all I'm doing is looking at people's kids who I like their kids. But I just I you don't can do know. that at Disneyland. Yeah, I, like, I don't really know <laughs> why I'm looking at this for an hour. Like, it's not, I got to get rid of this thing. So maybe I'll be off Twitter at some point. I don't know. I probably never. I'm totally addicted to it. So, yeah, well, I, I better get a I guess I got to watch what I say to LeBron. <laughs> apparently you'll lose that franchise of the uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's in the a, Hobby Lobby. <laughs> that's that's what I have, yeah. Chick-fil-A would never buckle to that pressure. Um you want to wrap us up, Bolt? Uh, this is always fun, and it's fun because of listeners like you. If you enjoyed it, follow, rate, subscribe. We on every major podcast platform. You can ask Alexa, you can ask Siri, and they will play the most up-to-date episode. If you have anything to email us, like a segment idea, a thing you might want us to over- or underwrite, or the worst, give us an email, polkandkush at gmail.com. We've got some new T-shirts in hiding. They've already been printed and they have not been released. We're going to be doing that at a live event coming up uh, real soon. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, which Scott Kushner is not a part of. He is uh, absolved from the world. We are Polk and Kush on there. I'm Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. See ya!